London currently. We just headlined the Reading Festival uh, Sunday night to about 60,000 kids, and uh, it was pretty cool. It was a huge adrenaline buzz for us uh, to see 60,000 kids singing along with all the songs. Fantastic from the the new album as well, which has only been out well a couple of months now. Yeah, I mean that that was great. I mean they knew they knew all the new songs as well as the old songs, which is pretty pretty cool. Excellent. Now I push it was the first single. Um, I think I'm paranoid is the new single out. Is that all over the uh -huh. world? Yeah, I think I'm paranoid is has been out for a couple of weeks now, and um, we're in London and we just shot a video for uh, the third single, which is coming out I think in October. Uh, for special. Ah, nice. Speaking to someone in the um, studio, and they were saying how they play special and. Um, and how uh, Shirley's voice is very Chrissy Hind at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, that that came about from uh, totally from her just ad libbing, and, and when she actually sang that, that the outtake on the end, I mean Duke and Steve and I were kind of floored that it sounded just like Chrissy Hind, and and that's that's when we decided to call the song special because uh, there's that line uh, I'm special from I don't know if it's Brass and Pocker, if it's from one of the from the first Pretenders record. But uh, after she sang that, the, the song, I guess, just did become a bit of an homage to the Pretenders. And uh, surely we wanted to make sure we could get Chrissy's clearance because we're actually holding her lyric. And uh, Shirley called her up and, uh, and she said, oh, I love you guys. You can do whatever you want. And, mm -hmm. and, and Shirley said, no, I, we, I should really send you a copy and you should hear it, you know, just to make sure it's going to be cool legal. And she said, no, don't worry about it. And the next day we got a fax saying, uh, I, Chrissy Hine, hereby allow the band Garbage to sample my voice, my music, and indeed my very ass. Yeah. Love, Chrissy Hine. Sweet. This new album version 2.0 was done uh, straight to. Well, I'm not sure if it was done straight to hard drive, but on a fairly heavy Macintosh as well. Is that um, is that a new tool which you've learnt to use over the years after coming from, uh, well, the early days, Smart Studios, building it up from shoeboxes and snot? Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely uh, went the whole hog on the technology. We ended up with uh, uh, three 48-track Pro Tools systems. Uh, at one point we had one in each studio and I also had one back at my apartment so I could do editing and sound processing there. And uh, uh, several, probably five or six of the songs ended up with over a hundred tracks because we experiment so much, you know, we record a lot of layers with the guitars and and, uh, and Shirley would try a bunch of different approaches in the vocals and, and, uh, and I would come up with all these different kind of sound effects and loops and then so the mixing became this huge puzzle of trying to try to make all of the music fit around Shirley's singing, and uh, it took us quite a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we spent a year in the studio, and it took us about uh, five weeks to mix the album too. Yeah, you can also see, um, uh, seeing that you know there's there's a lot of credits amongst you all, obviously, and uh, even looking at um, some of the the work um, uh, Duke's done with the Pesh Mode and 
and Nine Inch Nails and that sewing together a zillion different tracks with a triangle played backwards at the wrong speed must have been a, a bit of a puzzle. Well, we, I mean, we try to use the technology to, to give us a lot of options and, and to make the recording process interesting, but we don't necessarily want to be known as, as being a trendsetter with technology or, or jumping on some bandwagon like electronic or techno. I mean, we're, we're, we're still really, as much as we use the technology, we borrow from all these classic pop references. I mean, we're, we're, you know, going way back to the Frank Sinatra and the Beatles and, uh, and, and, and so many different kind of things like No Wave and, and the whole punk scene, like The Clash and Patti Smith and the Sex Pistols and, mm. and, uh, Roxy music. There's, there's so many different styles of music. And I think that's more important to us. Than, than utilizing the technology is trying to write a good pop song. Yeah, and you just find at the same time as an interview I did a few weeks ago um, with a big artist here in Australia that um, his first ventures into doing um, a lot of sampling and a lot of loops and beats and stuff, he knows he will never get the same uh, thumbs up from the dance crowd as anyone who's, you know, toting around turntables all day and wearing baggy trousers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's a valid point. I mean, we're not necessarily trying to, you know, make a dance record either, but there are certainly some songs that where the grooves, uh, people, you know, some people might think that, oh, there's a, a dance groove going on behind this. I mean, some of the remixes that we've had down for Push It and for Paranoid, like Crystal Method did a remix for Paranoid that sounds great in the clubs, and Sweet. the same with uh, Push It, both Boom Boom Satellites and, uh, and Victor Calderon did a house mix, and it sounds awesome. But, uh, I mean, that's much more their genre. I mean, we're still trying to write um, a great song. And, and it's cool to see someone else tear it apart and put it and put the song back together and, and it comes out sounding completely different. I mean, that's kind of what inspired us to, to start the band in the first place. And we're still pretty heavily involved in doing that. Yeah, so do you play around with the sampler a lot? Is that um, your, your... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, besides using the Pro Tools, we also have Kurzweil and the Kai samplers. And I'm... Currently trying to get my hands on this new this new Sony uh, uh, sampler. It's kind of like a turntable where you can actually scratch and uh, change the pitch and speed of the samples in real time. How do, you, how do you work it live? Because we haven't seen you this side of the country. Um, like, uh, how does the group operate live? Is it still just all four of you on stage, or do you have a few uh, technicians kicking the right buttons? Well, we have, um, we, have we play as a five-piece. Our, our bass player who toured with us last time, Daniel Schulman, also played on the record, and he's part of the live lineup. So he's, um, he's on the road with us. Um, yeah. And when we worked on these songs, uh, I think it was easier for us to, to learn them because we played so much live 
uh, in 96, and there's a lot more live playing on, on version 2.0, so it was easier to translate some of the rhythm tracks when we started rehearsals. But we stripped the songs down to bass drums and, and the main guitar keyboard parts, and then we started using the samplers to trigger uh, loops and sound effects and sequences. And, and uh, I, I think we're actually using more technology this time, but it's a lot easier for us to interpret the songs. It doesn't seem to get in the way of the songs as much as maybe the first time when we toured. Mm. Do you think uh, those stripped-down early versions without uh, before the technology was sewed in, uh, to the tracks. Do you think we'll ever see the, you know, that sort of stuff for the, I suppose, the guitar purist? Um, yeah, I think maybe so. I mean, what we've already started doing is we keep rearranging the songs and changing them. I think just to keep from getting bored. Some of them uh, become much more minimal, and some we go even farther over the top with uh, noise and and, uh, and and the layers that we can trigger and uh, we we move the guitar speakers off stage and they're sealed in cabinets and. Um, I have plexiglass over my drums, and uh, we're all wearing inner ear monitors, so if you stand on stage and turn the PA off, there's no sound coming out. All you'll hear really is my sim a little bit of the cymbals, and it gives our, our front of house man inc incredible, well, it's like being in a studio where everything is isolated, you have separation, instead of getting this roar of, of ambient wash that bleeds through everything, including the vocal mic, our front of house guy has incredible separation, so when he brings up the guitars and the effects on the guitars or the drums and bass and everything, it's really clean. Fantastic. And it gives him, uh, he can really EQ and do a lot of effects on front of the house too because there's not all this uh, uh, wash of sound bleeding together. So, so far we've had a lot of success with the uh, tour. A lot of people uh, here in the show say it sounds amazing. Yeah. And we worked really hard on it. We're still, it's sort of, it's still sort of in pro you know, progress because we keep changing the arrangements, but... Did you do any production? At some point, I'd love to work with Alan again. Did you do any production between albums? Or was it very much a lay-low period because that was a year and a half of touring or, or so? Yeah. Um, the only thing I did before we started version 2.0 is uh, I did a couple remixes for Beck and I did a, a couple remixes for uh, U2 when, when their album Pop came out. But uh, those were both pretty short, you know, only, only a week on each one. Yay. Dumb and hammering in my head, they are getting you know, quite junglish. Um, is there, uh, 
do you think he'll be taking that much further in uh, the next few yeah, months? Yeah, hammering has gotten much more intense, at least right now live. Um, it's an interesting song to play because there's a sequencer that I trigger uh, that I play along with all of the drum samples and stuff that, are, that, that we used on the record. But there's also a gate that gets sent to the guitarist so Duke and Steve can play all these crazy gated rhythm guitar parts that are locked in with a sequencer. And a lot of the song becomes really jarring, really heavy. And But unlike a lot of um, techno or electronica songs, uh, which have real simple repetitive lyrics, Shirley's vocal on that is almost like a Patti Smith stream of consciousness. You know, she just kind of goes off. Yeah. It's very free flowing, and every night it's kind of different. And, and so that's it's really that dichotomy of having this all this uh, uh, intense elect, electronic, uh, precise, uh, almost computer uh, spitting at you, and then you have this real soulful, uh, angst-ridden uh, lyric that's all about lust, kind of coming at you head on and. And the dichotomy of the two, I think, is really exciting. We really have fun playing that song every night. It, the kids went nuts when we played at Reading the other night. Well, you can't, uh, you can't take no. It, it, it's really, it's really, it's a fascinating way to kind of to approach it. I mean, we're trying to do that with a lot of the songs. There's a little bit of that in Dumb also. There's a lot of different kinds of genres um, coming out at full speed, and 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 Dumb is really, really raw live. That's probably one of the rawest songs in the set. The guitars are pretty over the top in that song. Yeah, yeah. And the, the, the swagger with uh, Wicked Ways is um, yet another, I suppose, tangent on, on the whole version 2.0 album. Yeah, like that's, that's kind of surely doing Mae West. It's got that Britpop <laughs> bounce, hasn't it? It's got that Britpop bounce, which um, isn't yeah, really yeah. renowned in, in the US. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, can you see, um, I suppose, Shirley bringing in uh, some more of the English vibe in, in that respect? Well, she definitely has a European sensibility, and I think even though we've always been turned on by a lot of different types of music from Europe, uh, she was kind of, you know, raised on it. So I think um, it's a good balance, really, because I think uh, we, we have a love of, of new music in this, as well as a lot of these old classic pop uh, influences. I mean, for us, no matter what we do, we still try to write a, a good pop song and a good hook, it, it, you know, depending on how we... Uh, arrange it and uh, I mean, we tried to use a lot of organic instrumentation on this album there's more strings and piano and, and acoustic guitar on it and I think you know in the future we want to try and use even more of that too in some of the songs yo this is Butch Rig from Garbage and you're listening to RTR FM 92.1 keep listening 